Hi, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my Up podcast. And today I want to talk about choosing life. Years ago, I heard a wise pastor say, the Bible teaches we should do everything without grumbling or complaining. And I thought, really? Seriously? Is that even possible? Where does it say that? He went on to read Philippians 2.14, which literally does say that, and I was shocked. Some translations word it exactly that way, and others say something like, do everything without complaining or arguing or complaining or disputing or the like. I think the Amplified Version probably says it best when it says, do all things without grumbling, fault-finding, and complaining. But however you happen to read this verse, The message remains perfectly clear. God doesn't want us to live grumpy. Do you ever wake up mumbling and grumbling about the weather or those Democrats or whatever? Not that there aren't things to complain about in this world, but does our annoyance ever really help solve any of those problems? No, mostly all our grumbling and complaining ever accomplishes is to put us in an irritable mood, a mood that evolves into a kind of negative flow that contained our entire day. Like many of us, I've been tempted with this kind of thing quite often. But when Pastor Bob Russell taught on that verse that morning, it brought a life-changing revelation to me. God would not advise me to do something I cannot possibly do. So if he says, don't be grumpy, I can actually resist the temptation to whine and complain. Choice. It's all about choice. And it's been that way from the beginning. God told Adam and Eve, you may eat from any of the fruits of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat it lest you die. Now, I doubt they had any idea what dying might be, but I'm sure they could tell it wasn't good. Yet to them, one thing was crystal clear. They had a choice. They could eat it or not eat it. But God's advice was don't even touch the thing. So they should choose life over death. Now just think of how many amazing fruits must have grown in that garden. It was like heaven there, so the selection must have been amazing. They could eat that stuff all day long, tasting this, testing that, wandering over somewhere else, around the hill, down by the creek, and picking this and that. They could eat that stuff all day long, and they probably wouldn't have even gained weight. They could mix the fruits together. They could pound them up into smoothies. I mean, they had lots of time to figure these kinds of things out. Maybe they could even learn to bake them into pies. Apple pie, key lime pie. Oh, my Lord, key lime pie. The possibilities were endless. Gave a person lots of nice things to think about. Not just exploring all the varieties, but the comparing, mixing, baking, cooking, and so on. So many fun recipes to invent and explore. And yet, what were they really thinking about? The fruit they weren't supposed to eat. They had a choice in not just what to do or not do, but also in what to meditate on. They could meditate on, they could think about what brings life or what brings death. And we have that choice too. We can dwell on all our blessings, or we can obsess on the thing we hate. One brings encouragement is full of joy and life. 
and the other discourages us, brings sorrow, disenchantment, and in some cases can even lead someone through suicide straight to the gates of death. We have a choice. Grumbling, complaining, that's just dwelling on the negative. It's a negative flow. Once you launch your boat into that stream, you start drifting in a certain direction toward disenchantment, then worry, fear, the cares of life. Or you can launch into the positive stream, a positive way of thinking, the river of life. Then you start drifting toward blessings, toward love, joy, peace, and the like. You can dwell on what you hate and be depressed, or you can dwell on the word of God and all he's done for you and be blessed. One's the negative and the other's the positive, but you get to choose. Choose the flow of life. One of the most powerful things I've ever learned is that I get to choose what I think about. I used to think that how I felt determined my thoughts and moods. But then I learned from scripture that my thoughts actually determined my moods and how I felt. The apostle Paul wrote from prison, from prison, and said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's Philippians 4.4. Then he goes on to tell us how to actually do this, even if you're in jail. Whatever things are true, he says, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I'm sure Paul had lots of fearful, gross, negative things that he could think about while in prison. But as an act of his will, he chose to think about other things. He chose to think about positive things and to rejoice. He shoved his boat into the flow of the river of God and everything that's good. And even in the darkness, he chose light and life. And we have that choice too, no matter what's going on in our lives. We can choose to dwell about what's wrong, what's awful, what we hate, or we can think about all that's going right. Yes, sometimes we have real problems like Paul did, but even in those, he chose the flow of joy, love, and life. But most of the time, we don't really have those kinds of problems. We're just being grumpy because somebody said something we don't agree with, hurt our feelings, or they didn't act in the way we'd like. Sometimes we're just being touchy. But either way, feelings are feelings, and we need to learn to take charge of our feelings. We need to tell ourselves how we feel and what to think about. Near the end of the book of Deuteronomy, after admonishing the children of Israel to keep his laws, God said, Today I have set before you life and death. Therefore choose life that you and your seed may live. Implying that whenever we walk in his ways, that's what we're doing. We're choosing life. We may no longer be under the law of Moses today, but it would still be wise for us to choose life when it comes to our thoughts. So let's do as the Bible teaches us to do in Philippians chapter 4. Choose the positive flow and not the negative. Let's not be like Adam and Eve. Let's choose life.
Thank you so much for listening to my Up podcast. If you'd like to hear more, just click the subscribe button. Our ministry is first and foremost a missionary ministry. We work to take the good news of Jesus wherever we can, from the jungles of South America to Mexico to the Philippines, over the European continent and places beyond. And we'd love it if you'd partner with us in this task. Offerings can be made online at our new website, davidsgerman.com. Just tap on Donate. And thanks so much for helping us help others.